0: This is day 171 of our daily Bible reading. We will be completing Ezekiel chapter 48, and then we will go into Daniel chapters 1 through 4. Lord Heavenly Father, we come into your presence this morning with gladness and excitement, knowing that we get to spend time with you and we get to explore you in your word. We know, Lord, there's so much in here to discover that no lifetime could find everything. And Lord, that's just fantastic to think about. Lord, thank you for your gift of the Word and for salvation. We would be lost without it. We would, Our existence would mean nothing without it. Lord, thank you for giving us a purpose. Thank you for giving us joy in our salvation. And thank you for giving us your Word that is our life and our safety. Thank you for this time, and please bless the reading of your Word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now these are the names of the tribes. From the northern extremity, beside the way of Hethlon and Libohamath, as far as Azara Enan, at the border of Damascus toward the north, beside Hamath, running from east to west, Dan, one portion. Beside the border of Dan, from the east side to the west side, Asher, one portion. Beside the border of Asher, from the east side to the west side, Naphtali, one portion. Beside the border of Naphtali, from the east side to the west side, Manasseh, one portion. Beside the border of Manasseh, from the east side to the west side, Ephraim, one portion. Beside the border of Ephraim, from the east side to the west side, Reuben, one portion. Beside the border of Reuben, from the east side to the west side, Judah, one portion. And beside the border of Judah, from the east side to the west side, shall be the allotment which you shall set apart, twenty-five thousand cubits in width and in length like one of the portions, from the east side to the west side, and the sanctuary shall be in the middle of it. The allotment that you shall set apart to the Lord shall be twenty-five thousand cubits in length, and ten thousand in width. The holy allotment shall be for these, namely for the priests, toward the north twenty-five thousand cubits in length, toward the west ten thousand in width, toward the east ten thousand in width, and toward the south twenty-five thousand in length. And the sanctuary of the Lord shall be in its midst. It shall be for the priests who are sanctified of the sons of Sadak, who has kept my charge, who did not go astray when the sons of Israel went astray, as the Levites went astray. It shall be an allotment to them from the allotment of the land, a most holy place, by the border of the Levites. Alongside the border of the priests, the Levites shall have 25,000 cubits in length and 10,000 in width. The whole length shall be 25,000 cubits and the width of ten thousand. Moreover, they shall not sell or exchange any of it, or alienate this choice portion of land, for it is holy to the Lord. The remainder, five thousand cubits in width and twenty-five thousand in length, shall be for common use for the city, for dwellings, and for open spaces, and the city shall be in its midst. These shall be its measurements The north side 4500 cubits, the south side 4500 cubits, the east side 4500 cubits, and the west side 4500 cubits. The city shall have open spaces on the north 250 cubits, on the south 250 cubits, on the east 250 cubits, and on the west 250 cubits. The remainder of the length alongside the holy allotment shall be 10,000 cubits toward the east and 10,000 toward the west, and it shall be alongside the holy allotment, and its produce shall be food for the workers of the city. The workers of the city, out of all the tribes of Israel, shall cultivate it. The whole allotment shall be 25,000 by 25,000 cubits you shall set apart the holy allotment, a square, with the property of the city. The remainder shall be for the prince, on the one side and on the other of the holy allotment, and of the property of the city. In front of the twenty-five thousand cubits of the allotment, toward the east border, and westward in front of the twenty-five thousand, toward the west border. Alongside the portions it shall be for the prince and the holy allotment and the sanctuary of the house shall be in the middle of it. Exclusive of the property of the Levites and the property of the city, which are in the middle of that which belongs to the prince, everything between the border of Judah and the border of Benjamin shall be for the prince. As for the rest of the tribes, from the east side to the west side, Benjamin one portion. Beside the border of Benjamin From the east side to the west side, Simeon, one portion. Beside the border of Simeon, from the east side to the west side, Issachar, one portion. Beside the border of Issachar, from the east side to the west side, Zebulun, one portion. Beside the border of Zebulun, from the east side to the west side, Gad, one portion. And beside the border of Gad, at the south side toward the south, The border shall be from Tamar, to the waters of Meribath-Kadesh, to the brook of Egypt, to the great sea. This is the land which you shall divide by lot to the tribes of Israel for an inheritance, and these are their several portions, declares the Lord God. These are the exits of the city on the north side. Four thousand five hundred cubits by measurement shall be the gates of the city, and named for the tribes of Israel. Three gates toward the north, the gate of Reuben, the gate of Judah, and the gate of Levi. On the east side, 4,500 cubits shall be three gates, the gate of Joseph, the gate of Benjamin, the gate of Dan. On the south side, 4,500 cubits by measurement shall be three gates, the gate of Simeon, the gate of Issachar, the gate of Zebulun. On the west side, four thousand five hundred cubits, shall be three gates, the gate of Gad, the gate of Asher, the gate of Naphtali. The city shall be eighteen thousand cubits round about, and the name of the city from that day shall be, The Lord is there. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. The Lord gave Jehoiakim king of Judah into his hand, along with some of the vessels of the house of God; and he brought them to the land of Shinar, to the house of his God; and he brought the vessels into the treasury of his God. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, the chief of his officials, to bring in some of the sons of Israel, including some of the royal family and of the nobles, youth in whom was no defect, who were good-looking, showing intelligence in every branch of wisdom, endowed with understanding and discerning knowledge, and who had the ability for serving in the king's court. And he ordered him to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans, The king appointed for them a daily ration from the king's choice food and from the wine which he drank, and appointed that they should be educated three years, at the end of which they were to enter the king's personal service. Now among them from the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Then the commander of the officials assigned new names to them, and to Daniel he assigned the name. Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile himself with the king's choice food or with the wine which he drank. So he sought permission from the commander of the officials that he might not defile himself. Now God granted Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the commander of the officials. And the commander of the officials said to Daniel, I am afraid of my lord the king, who has appointed your food and your drink. For why should he see your faces looking more haggard than the youths who are your own age? Then you would make me forfeit my head to the king. But Daniel said to the overseer, whom the commander of the officials had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Please test your servants for ten days, and let us be given some vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be observed in your presence and the appearance of the youths who are eating the king's choice food, and deal with your servants according to what you see. So he listened to them in this manner, and tested them for ten days. At the end of ten days, their appearance seemed better, and they were fatter than all the youths who have been eating the king's choice food. So the overseer continued to withhold their choice food and the wine they were to drink, and kept giving them vegetables. As for these four youths, God gave them knowledge and intelligence in every branch of literature and wisdom. Daniel even understood all kinds of visions and dreams. Then at the end of the days which the king had specified for presenting them, the commander of the officials presented them before Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and out of them all, not one was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's personal service. As for every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king consulted them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and conjurers who were in all his realm. And Daniel continued until the first year of Cyrus the king. Now in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, and his spirit was troubled, and his sleep left him. Then the king gave orders to call in the magicians, the conjurers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. So they came in and stood before the king. The king said to them, I had a dream, and my spirit is anxious to understand the dream. Then the Chaldeans spoke to the king in Aramaic. O king, live forever. Tell the dream to your servants, and we will declare the interpretation. The king replied to the Chaldeans, The command for me is firm. If you do not make known to me the dream and its interpretation, you will be torn limb from limb, and your houses will be made a rubbish heap. But if you declare the dream and its interpretation— You will receive from me gifts and a reward and great honor. Therefore, declare to me the dream and its interpretation. They answered a second time and said, Let the king tell the dream to his servants, and we will declare the interpretation. The king replied, I know for certain that you are bargaining for time, inasmuch as you have seen that the command for me is firm that if you do not make the dream known to me, there is only one decree for you. For you have agreed together to speak lying and corrupt words before me until the situation is changed. Therefore, tell me the dream, that I may know that you can declare to me its interpretation. The Chaldeans answered the king and said, There is not a man on earth who could declare the matter for the king. And inasmuch as no great king or ruler has ever asked anything like this of any magician, conjurer, or Chaldean. Moreover, the thing which the king demands is difficult, and there is no one else who could declare it to the king except gods, whose dwelling place is not with mortal flesh. Because of this, the king became indignant and very furious and gave orders to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain, and they looked for Daniel and his friends to kill them. Then Daniel replied with discretion and discernment to Arioch, the captain of the king's bodyguard, who had gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. He said to Arioch, the king's commander, For what reason is the decree from the king so urgent? Then Arioch informed Daniel about the matter. But Daniel went in and requested of the king that he would give him time, in order that he might declare the interpretation to the king. Then Daniel went to his house and informed his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, about the matter so that they might request compassion from the God of heaven concerning this mystery, so that Daniel and his friends would not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel said, Let the name of God be blessed forever and ever, for wisdom and power belong to him. It is He who changes the times and the epochs. He removes kings and establishes kings. He gives wisdom to wise men and knowledge to men of understanding. It is He who reveals the profound and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness, and the light dwells with Him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise, for you have given me wisdom and power. Even now, you have made known to me what we requested of you, for you have made known to us the king's matter. Therefore, Daniel went in to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and spoke to him as follows Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Take me into the king's presence, and I will declare the interpretation to the king. Then Arioch hurriedly brought Daniel into the king's presence, and spoke to him as follows, I have found a man among the exiles from Judah who can make the interpretation known to the king. The king said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Are you able to make known to me the dream which I have seen and its interpretation? Daniel answered before the king and said, As for the mystery about which the king has inquired, neither wise men conjurers magicians nor diviners are able to declare it to the king however there is a god in heaven who reveals mysteries and he has made known to king nebuchadnezzar what will take place in the latter days this was your dream and the visions in your mind while on your bed as for you o king while on your bed your thoughts turned to what would take place in the future And he who reveals mysteries has made known to you what will take place. But as for me, this mystery has not been revealed to me for any wisdom residing in me, more than any other living man, but for the purpose of making the interpretation known to the king, and that you may understand the thoughts of your mind. You, O king, were looking, and behold, there was a great single statue. That statue Which was large and of extraordinary splendor, was standing in front of you, and in appearance it was awesome. The head of that statue was made of fine gold, its breast and its arms of silver, its belly and its thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partially of iron and partly of clay. You continued looking until a stone was cut out without hands. And it struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and crushed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed all at the same time and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them was found. But the stone that struck the statue became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream. Now we will tell you its interpretation before the king. You, O king, are the king of kings, to whom the God of heaven has given the kingdom, the power, the strength, and the glory. And wherever the sons of men dwell, or the beasts of the field, or the birds of the sky, he has given them into your hand, and has caused you to rule over them all. You are the head of gold. After you, there will arise another kingdom, inferior to you, then another third kingdom of bronze, which will rule over all the earth. Then there will be a fourth kingdom as strong as iron, inasmuch as iron crushes and shatters all things. So, like iron that breaks into pieces, it will crush and break all these in pieces. In that you saw the feet and toes, partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, it will be a divided kingdom. But it will have in it the toughness of iron inasmuch as you saw the iron mixed with common clay. As the toes of the feet were partially of iron and partly of pottery, so some of the kingdom will be strong and part of it will be brittle. And in that you saw the iron mixed with common clay They will combine with one another in the seat of men, but they will not adhere to one another, even as iron does not combine with pottery. In the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed, and their kingdom will not be left for another people. It will crush and put an end to all these kingdoms, but it itself will endure forever. Inasmuch as you saw that a stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it crushed the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God has made known to the king what will take place in the future. So the dream is true, and its interpretation is trustworthy. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face and did homage to Daniel and gave orders to present to him an offering and fragrant incense. The king answered Daniel and said, Surely your God is a God of gods, and a Lord of kings, and a revealer of mysteries, since you have been able to reveal this mystery. Then the king promoted Daniel, and gave him many great gifts, and he made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon, and chief Prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. And Daniel made request of the king, and he appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the administration of the province of Babylon, while Daniel was at the king's court. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold, the height of which was sixty cubits, and its width six cubits. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent word to assemble the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Then the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the rulers of the provinces were assembled for the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up, and they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, To you the command is given, O peoples, nations, and men of every language, that at the moment you hear the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, trigon, psaltery, bagpipe, and all kinds of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. But whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. Therefore, at that time, when all the peoples heard the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, trigon, psaltery, bagpipe, and all kinds of music, all the peoples nations, and men of every language fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. For this reason, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and brought charges against the Jews. They responded and said to Nebuchadnezzar the king, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the horn, flute, Lyre, trigon, psaltery, and bagpipe, and all kinds of music, is to fall down and worship the golden image. But whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the administration of the province of Babylon, namely Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have disregarded you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and anger, gave orders to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then these men were brought before the king. Nebuchadnezzar responded and said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, at the moment you hear the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, trigon, psaltery, and bagpipe, and all kinds of music, to fall down and worship the image that I have made very well. But if you do not worship, you will immediately be cast into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. And what God is there who can deliver you out of my hands? that you have set up Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with wrath and his facial expression was altered toward Shadrach Meshach and Abednego He answered by giving orders to heat the furnace 7 times more than it was usually heated He commanded certain valiant warriors who were in his army to tie up Shadrach Meshach and Abednego in order to cast them into the furnace of blazing fire Then these men were tied up in their trousers, their coats, their caps, and their other clothes, and they were cast into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire. For this reason, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace had been made extremely hot, the flame of the fire slew these men who carried up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire, still tied up. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astounded and stood up in haste. He said to his high officials, Was it not three men who we cast into the midst of the fire? They replied to the king, Certainly, O king. He said, Look! I see four men, loosed and walking about in the midst of the fire without harm. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the furnace a blazing fire. He responded and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come out, you servants of the Most High God, and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the midst of the fire. The satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the king's high officials gathered around and saw in regard to these men that the fire had no effect on the bodies of these men, nor was a hair on their head singed, nor were their trousers damaged, nor had the smell of fire even come upon them. Nebuchadnezzar responded and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who had sent his angel and delivered his servants, who put their trust in him, violating the king's command, and yielded up their bodies so as not to serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree that any people, nation, or tongue that speaks anything offensive against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb, and their houses reduced to a rubbish heap, inasmuch as there is no other god who is able to deliver in this way. Then the king caused Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to prosper in the province of Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar the king to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language that live in all the earth, may your peace abound. It has seemed good to me to declare the signs and wonders which the Most High God has done for me. How great are his signs, and how mighty are his wonders! His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion is from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at ease in my house, and flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream, and it made me fearful. And these fantasies as I lay on my bed and the visions in my mind kept alarming me. So I gave orders to bring into my presence all the wise men of Babylon, that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians, the conjurers, the Chaldeans, and the diviners came in, and I related the dream to them, but they could not make its interpretation known to me. But finally Daniel came in before me, whose name is Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God, and in whom is a spirit of the holy gods. And I related the dream to him, saying, O Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, since I know that a spirit of the holy gods is in you, and no mystery baffles you, tell me the visions of my dream which I have seen, along with its interpretation. Now these were the visions in my mind as I lay on my bed. I was looking, and behold, there was a tree in the midst of the earth, and its height was great. The tree grew large and became strong, and its height reached to the sky, and it was visible to the end of the whole earth. Its foliage was beautiful, and its fruit abundant, and in it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it, And the birds of the sky dwelt in its branches, and all living creatures fed themselves from it. I was looking in the visions in my mind as I lay on my bed, and behold, an angelic watcher, a holy one, descended from heaven. He shouted out and spoke as follows Chop down the tree and cut off its branches, strip off its foliage and scatter its fruit, let the beasts flee from under it. And the birds from its branches. Yet leave the stump with its roots in the ground, but with a band of iron and bronze around it in the new grass of the field. And let him be drenched with the dew of heaven, and let him share with the beasts in the grass of the earth. Let his mind be changed from that of a man, and let a beast's mind be given to him, and let seven periods of time pass over him. This sentence is by the decree of the angelic watchers, and the decision is a command of the holy ones, in order that the living may know that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind, and bestows it on whomever he wishes, and sets over it the lowliest of men. This is the dream which I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now you, Belteshazzar, tell me its interpretation inasmuch as none of the wise men of my kingdom is able to make known to me the interpretation. But you are able, for a spirit of the holy gods is in you. Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was appalled for a while as his thoughts alarmed him. The king responded and said, Belteshazzar, do not let the dream or its interpretation alarm you. Belteshazzar replied, my lord, if only the dream applied to those who hate you and its interpretation to your adversaries. The tree that you saw, which became large and grew strong, whose height reached to the sky and was visible to all the earth, and whose foliage was beautiful and its fruit abundant, in which was food for all, under which all the beasts of the field dwelt, in whose branches the birds of the sky lodged. It is you. O king. For you have become great and grown strong, and your majesty has become great and reached to the sky, and your dominion to the end of the earth. In that the king saw an angelic watcher, a holy one, descending from heaven, and saying, Chop down the tree and destroy it, let leave the stump with its roots in the ground, but with a band of iron and bronze around it, in the new grass of the field, and let him be drenched with the dew of heaven, and let him share with the beasts of the field, until seven periods of time pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree of the Most High, which has come upon my lord the king, that you be driven away from mankind, and your dwelling place be with the beasts of the field, and you will be given grass to eat like cattle, and be drenched with the dew of heaven and seven periods of time will pass over you until you recognize that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind and bestows it on whomever he wishes. And in that it is commanded to leave the stump with the roots of the tree, you recognize that it is heaven that rules. Therefore, O King, may my advice be pleasing to you. Break away now from your sins, By doing righteousness, and from your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor, in case there may be a prolonging of your prosperity. All this happened to Nebuchadnezzar the king. Twelve months later, he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. The king reflected and said, Is this not Babylon the Great, which I myself have built as a royal residence? by the might of my power, and for the glory of my majesty? While the word was in the king's mouth, a voice came from heaven, saying, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is declared, sovereignty has been removed from you, and you will be driven away from mankind, and your dwelling place will be with the beasts of the field. You will be given grass to eat like cattle, and seven periods of time will pass over you until you recognize that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind, and bestows it on whomever he wishes. Immediately the word concerning Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled, and he was driven away from mankind, and began eating grass like cattle, and his body was drenched with the dew of heaven, until his hair had grown like eagle's feathers, and his nails like bird's claws. But at the end of that period, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven, and my reason returned to me. And I blessed the Most High, and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, but he does according to his will in the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of earth, and no one can ward off his hand or say to him, What have you done? At that time my reason returned to me, and my majesty and splendor were restored to me for the glory of my kingdom, and my counselors and my nobles began seeking me out. So I was re-established in my sovereignty, and surpassing greatness was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise, exalt, and honor the King of heaven, for all his works are true and his ways just, and he is able to humble those who walk in pride. All right, congratulations. We completed another book of the Bible. We are through Ezekiel, and now we are in Daniel. Now, I will say this. This is probably one of the longest readings I've done in the time we we read the Bible, but I didn't expect Daniel to be as long as I remembered. So it was a surprise to me, but it's still very fascinating stuff. So we'll talk very briefly about what's going on here. The last chapter of Ezekiel shows an allotment of territory similar to how it was when they first entered the promised land. So there's going to be a new Allotment of land and territory for each of the tribes of Israel in the end days. So, this is mostly symbolic language, but it has very precise measurements as well. So, very interesting how that's going to work out. But let's spend our time focusing on Daniel. It makes a lot more sense now going through this as to the timeline of when Daniel takes place. Because, quite honestly, when I was reading through Ezekiel, and it was talking about how Daniel is one of the wise men of faith. I wasn't sure if that was a future prophecy or if that was or if that was occurring in real time when Ezekiel wrote it. So here's a more proper timeline. In 605 BC, this is when Nebuchadnezzar defeated the Egyptians, and this is when Daniel was taken to Babylon. Ezekiel begins his ministry in 592 BC. So, Daniel has been in Babylon for 13 years by now. Now, from what we can gather, he was a teenager when he went into Babylon. So, at this point, he has done some amazing things and he has given himself much fame by the time Ezekiel took over the ministry. So, It wasn't a surprise, nor was it a future event for Daniel to be mentioned. And so I stand corrected in my understanding of this scripture. Let's be clear, though, that Daniel going into Babylon is not the same thing as Jerusalem being conquered, because Daniel was apparently not from Jerusalem. Because when Ezekiel started his prophetic ministry, six years after that is when Nebuchadnezzar conquered Judah. So at that point, that's when we see what happened in the book of Jeremiah. So it's not in chronological order, if you could tell. The records show that Daniel was taken to Babylon in 605 BC, and then Daniel was recorded as dying in 536 BC. So he was there for quite some time. For, what is that, 69 years? So he lived to be in his 80s, most likely. So that's good ripe old age in those days. Now the stories in Daniel are always so interesting to me because I have a lot of fond memories listening to them as a child and hearing them in church all the time as in Sunday school and all that. And here's the overarching theme of things that you can see from both Daniel in chapter one, as well as from chapter three, when his friends stand up against Nebuchadnezzar. No matter what happened in their lives, they did not sacrifice their integrity and their faith in God. That is probably the most overarching thing that we need to take away from that today. No matter what your situation is going on in life, it's probably nowhere near as bad as what Daniel and his friends went through. They were captured as prisoners of war and taken into a foreign land, and they were made to serve in the king's court but they had to be perfect. And God gave them marvelous abilities, and he protected them. But it's because of how they have responded to God. They trusted that God was going to take care of them. They trusted that God was able to speak these dreams and interpret them. They believed that God could rescue them from the flaming furnace, and that By holding fast to their integrity and refusing to worship an idol, they were going to be blessed by God. And like they said as well, even if he doesn't, we will refuse to bow to this idol. That is how we need to be. If you want a godly example, here it is. Not only that, but we saw in chapters 2 and 4 that God is the one who reveals the future. He is the only one who can do that. Demons and all those, they use things like tarot cards, palm readings, the zodiac, astrology, all that stuff, seances, it's all fake. They are more intelligent than we are, and they know patterns very well of how humans are, so they can make good predictions, but they're not... 100% accurate. Only God knows the future, and only God knows the heart and the mind of people. Satan cannot do that, and so he's limited in that effect, but he still can manipulate us plenty well because we are foolish creatures. But not only that, but we also see that doesn't matter who you are, we see two different things in chapter 4. We see that, for one, God appoints people into their positions of authority. This is not the first time we've seen that, and it won't be the last. The New Testament talks about it plenty. God establishes all authority. Nebuchadnezzar was used by God for his purposes, and then God wanted to get his attention. And he was so proud and so arrogant that he refused to see that God was the one who delivered him, even after seeing. Those two amazing things, the interpretation of the dream, as well as the delivering from the fiery furnace. Despite that, he still did not submit himself to the God of heaven. He is the only God, and that's why you see in chapter 4 when he's addressing Daniel, you have the spirit of the holy gods still holding on to his polytheism. So there's something very wrong with that, and God did it in the most amazing way to humble this man, to make him like an animal for seven years, walking on his hands and knees, I can imagine, eating grass, just with an animalistic instinct. It's hard to imagine because we've never seen anything like it. God will humble the proud, and he puts people into authority that he chooses. God is sovereign over all creation. There's nothing that escapes him, and All authority is established by him, even the bad ones. And that's kind of hard to swallow sometimes, but even the bad ones are established by him. So we must submit to our earthly authorities as long as there is no conflict between what God's Word says and what they're doing. If there is a clear conflict, for example, something like abortion, right, or homosexuality, those things that God speaks directly about in the Word of God, if he says that they are an abomination to him, therefore we should not accept those things, we should outright reject them, we should not practice them ourselves, and we should not be tolerant of it either. So there's a very fine line that is between God's Word and the earthly authorities. If they cross the line, we have to obey God over man. It's that simple. It's not always easy to do because of the earthly consequences, but if we trust God like these men did, despite what they went through, they knew that God could deliver them. They trusted in the Lord of heaven. Can we say the same? Can we trust God the same way that these men did? I don't know. I really hope the answer is yes, and if not, then pray that God will give you that faith but you have to devote yourself to him. This is not just something that comes from sitting on the sidelines. You have to be active in this endeavor. The last thing that I'm going to talk about is the statue itself from the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. Those different distinctions between the different portions of the statue represent a very real set of empires that we have seen throughout history. So we saw that at the very beginning, when Daniel's explaining the dream to him, in chapter 2, that the gold head is represented as being Babylon, which is led by Nebuchadnezzar at this time. Then it says, after him, there will be another kingdom that is inferior to him. And this is where the silver comes in, the breast and the arms of silver. This is represented by the kingdom that comes after Babylon. And we've already seen who that is. That is the kingdom of the Persians. The Persian Empire is the nation uh, that represents the silver. The belly and the thighs of bronze stood for Greece, which is going to be later on in history, they are going to conquer the world through Alexander the Great, and this is going to take place around 333 BC. Then you have a fourth kingdom, which is represented by iron, and this one is the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire is the one that rules with an iron fist. Now the final portion where it talks about iron mixed with clay. So it is better to say it like this, that it will be composed of strong peoples and weak ones. So what he alludes to is that there's going to be some strong ones and there's going to be some weak kingdoms in between now and the end times. So like he says in verse 44, that there will be 10 kings or kingdoms that will exist concurrently at the time God sets up his kingdom at the second coming of Christ. This is the case. And that stone that's mentioned in the dream is the kingdom of heaven. This is the new Jerusalem coming out of heaven, not forged by human hands. So it's very interesting how you know, thousands of years ago, all of this was predicted to Nebuchadnezzar. And Daniel played a part in seeing this. And that's why he was so amazed by this dream. God is an overwhelming God. And the things that we see from him are miraculous. So we should never take him for granted. We should never underestimate him. He is amazing and beyond all things. I'm looking forward to more time in Daniel, but for now, we'll go ahead and stop. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.